Hello. Hello. Welcome to Porpoiseville. Seven. Seven. No. Yes. Ah! Seven. No. Yes. God. I love seven. Jeepers. <laughs> Your answer to everything. Seven. What's what the Wi-Fi it? password? Seven. What time is it? Seven. Jeepers. What time are the whales? Seven. seven. How many whales are there? Seven. Jeez. Seven. Christ. Ooh. Oh my What's god. What's the answer to life? Seven. You're out of control. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Here's the thing. That last four episode, I like low-key want to apologize for, but not really, because that made it out just barely. And we had to cut a lot of stuff out. But you know what? It's I've been told that people enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Who told you? My friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. We oh my god, we got a thousand plays. We did. That was so cute. Also, it's really cute that there's like ten of you guys that literally wake up and listen to it within the first hour of us releasing it. We really appreciate it's that. It's super. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank, thank you. Thanks. Um. Yeah. How do you feel for a seal? I feel so good for a seal. How do you feel? I'm just the happiest squirrel in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good things. Good, good, times. Things. good things. Oh, so usually we do a little debrief, and I would like to just take a second to talk about the fact that the wigs for whales from the last four episode, the the wig that I said was gonna be the most popular was, which was the rainbow wig, and Ellie said it was gonna be the blue one because it was classy. It is classy! It's not classy! It's so cute and classy! It's got a cute little bow! What do you mean? It's blue! Like the water. It's just like grandma or six-year-old aesthetic, which is you. So it's perfect. What do you mean? It's you mean grandma aesthetic versus six-year-old aesthetic. She pointed at herself and then she pointed at me because I'm the six-year-old apparently. Yes. Listen. (laughs) But no, let's be honest. If I were to wear one of those wigs, it would have been that Afro rainbow one. Obviously. I mean, you would have. Yes. Yeah, obviously. That was so good. That whale looked so good. Hashtag wigs for whales. Hashtag it's an anti-lice triathlon. (laughs) What does that mean? What does that mean? Like in the office when Michael Scott has like a rabies like race for the cure (laughs) fun run rabies run. We're doing a a walk for whale wigs (laughs) to 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 prevent sea lice. That's evidence-based science facts right there. Whales need wigs to prevent sea lice. <laughs> Speaking of evidence-based science facts, oh, Jesus. the last time I said that marine biologists are goobs or weirdos or whatever. Yeah, we are. Goobers. So um, you guys should check out Jordan, or not, why do I keep saying Jordan? Taylor Shedd's um, photo on our website, his headshot. Him and his girlfriend are really cute together. <laughs> I, think, I thought they were married. No, that's the fish. I was trying to make a joke. Oh. It's him trying to kiss a fish. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> it's cute, but there's some evidence-based science facts that marine biologists are goobs. But we are. Gooing, yes. Yes. Cool. Sweet. 
spice. Yeah. So some local news, maybe. Oh yes, yes. Please, please so, do spill the tea. Governor says. Inslee, governor of Washington State, has announced today that all of the ferries, as opposed to the select few that were initially supposed to be uh, undergoing this transformation, all of the ferry fleet are going to be transformed from diesel to battery powered, Ooh. which is. Amazing, not only just because of the carbon output of the ferry system, but also it means less underwater noise. So the whales can actually hear their their prey and hear each other when they're when they're traversing around. Yeah. Which, according to a study done in I think it's 2017 by Orca Behavior Institute, 60% of all underwater noise pollution is actually generated by the ferries. So that's a really big step forward. Sweet. Yes. Hashtag saving the whales one step at a time. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, yeah. Um, so we usually do a debrief also on the episode before. Ellie has not had the chance to listen to it because life is crazy. Um, there was an interview that we originally conducted together, and then um, my computer decided that it hated me, and we lost the audio, so we had to re-record. So I re-recorded with Francis this week. And both times were good. I learned a lot both yeah. times. Um, we talked about mostly the same things. I think the first episode, we talked about humpbacks, which we didn't talk about in this one. But she's got a lot of good knowledge. And I think my one big takeaway from that, um, and a theme that keeps coming up, is that people within this group are divided. And they have a lot of people have taken sides in, oh, it's salmon, or it's toxins, or... What's the other it's one? Whale watching. Whale watching. Yes. It's like they they find something, they cling onto it, and then we sit around and we play the blame game with one another instead of actually joining forces and coming together to try to do something about it. Um, and I just finished reading Endangered Orca by Monica Shields, and basically in that, um, I would recommend. I highly recommend this book if you want to learn more about the orcas. I think it is the document that, well, at least the Southern Residents specifically, it is. I think the most well-written and most informative document out there that it, like, and relevant, like, to the times, like, because I think it's been published in the last year, or at least revised or something, um, about the Southern Residents, but basically she was talking about in one of the chapters how all three of those factors are really important, the three main factors, and that they all play into one another, so we need to stop taking sides and and going against each other, because that gets us nowhere. There's, like, actual like work that needs to be done yeah so we we need to stop all that nonsense we need to address the division and and come together and unify and um you know i i keep having conversations with people in this last week Um, i wanted to take some time to just share other people's perspectives um because in the last week i've had a lot of interesting conversations um with people, but um, there's an artist that I met in Seattle who I'm going to share her Instagram later because she's on Instagram and she's she does a lot of good work. She paints pictures of the Southern Residents, but you know that was kind of what she was telling me because we started having a conversation about the whales and she was saying that we need to 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 come together and have like one like basically what we're lacking is like one place to get all of our information about mm-hmm. the residents and then like a way to kind of like for the community and everyone else to get involved. Um, because it is a community effort. It is a government effort. And like Taylor Shedd said last week that, you know, don't sit around and wait for your government, do something yourself. So, um, we just, you know, 
I think we're just unorganized, and we need to figure out how we're going to organize ourselves. Yeah. And I'm not really sure how to do that at the moment, but I think that's potentially something that we could work on. Yeah. We need, um, like, an umbrella coalition. Yeah, essentially. So, mm-hmm. there's that. Um, and I also finished reading Brene Brown's book, um, Dare to Lead, and there were a lot of really good topics in there that just kind of talk about how we can unify as a group. Um... And she talks about the importance of vulnerability, and I'm literally, like, such a hypocrite to sit here and tell people to be vulnerable, and that that's important, because I'm, like, the queen of (laughs) guarding my heart constantly. Um, And, but basically, it is really important to, like, lead with your heart and try to understand other people's perspectives. Um, She suggests determining values um, and... Like, you know, you got to figure out what people's, like, two main values are. And I think for me, mine would be the environment and compassion. Um, And then kind of work based on those things. But so often, you know, there's a lot of conflict in communication based on just, like, cultural differences. And I think that is something that I have noticed. I kind of, you know, I've traveled a lot. I've been very fortunate and gotten a lot of scholarships to travel in college. But, um... I kind of assumed that coming out here was going to be, like, like it would be culturally the same as coming from, like, I lived in the Midwest, East Coast, South. No. This is a whole different ballgame. People communicate differently. There's different standards. And I think that, honestly, like, I, I lived in Tanzania for three and a half months, and this is harder for me to adjust to culturally because I wasn't expecting it really? to be different. Yeah. Okay. And so, basically, I think that we just need to try to better understand one another and recognize one another's strengths because I think that having more people who can contribute positive things is good. And so I'm going to go back and, and talk about someone else's perspective because I, I there's like like four people that I'm just going to, they're like little one-liners of just kind of like things that they've said. Um, but there was a girl I met in the hostel and we were talking about, you know, just kind of how the economy can cause a divide within different fields and I don't think that our field is unique in that... Um, we, like, that poor people, like, struggle to get in, basically. And she said something, she said, um, basically that she feels that people should not be, passionate, helpful people should not be excluded because of economic issues. And she's, like, 100% right. Um, and, like, I, I don't know, I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, that's essentially the gist of what I've been trying to get across, but I just think that she worded it well. Yes, Um, And then I hitchhiked to Seattle with this lady, and she, uh, we talked about whales and psychology and politics and all that fun stuff, and she basically was saying, you know, it's time to pass the baton, honestly, that she was a little scared that it didn't get better, and then we started talking about white men in America, and that's a a topic that we've talked on here, too, and, you know, my go-to favorite white man, conservative straight white man to talk to is my cousin John, we'll just call him Wonder Bread. Because that's what he is. Um, But I was just, you know, I had a conversation with him and I was like, you know, I struggle because I feel bad for white men because they get shit on constantly. Like, they really do. Um, And I think sometimes we just get in our heads that we can't acknowledge one's suffering because somehow it invalidates the other person's suffering. Every human suffers. And that was something that I talked to the lady who I hitchhiked with about and that you know, we need to kind of reach that understanding. But when I was talking to my cousin John, I was like, you know, you guys have a lot to contribute. And yes, there are systematic 
things that we need to address. Um, and, you know, a lot of times when people say those things, it's coming from a place of hurt. And I definitely have been hurt by men in this field. I was literally, the only job that I've ever been fired from was because I spoke up about sexual harassment and I spoke up about toxic masculinity. And that was something I was ashamed of for a really long time because I, getting fired is not fun. No. It's not cute. Um, but that's something that happened. And, you know, I've learned from it, but I, I definitely made comments about men, boys club and things like that. And I don't want to... You know, I, I feel bad if there's anything that I've said on here that maybe got interpreted in the wrong way because I want everyone to feel included in the conversation and everyone to feel valued. We need to recognize where our privilege lies. And for those of us that have different privileges, we need to, to use that to help other people out and get more people involved. And, you know, the reason that I talk about these things is because I think that our... The issues with conservation and the environment are deeply rooted in just cultural injustices. Mm -hmm. And this is just, you know, we have to come together. And this is one of those social justice issues that that no one is exempt from, like environmental issues. Um, But yeah, so those are my thoughts on other people's thoughts. Gang. (laughs) I I told Ellie, I was like, I'm going to go off on a little soapbox for a hot second, but, like, I don't know if there was another episode where I was going to get the chance to do that. So, here it is. There Hello. you go. Yeah! There's your soapbox. We like to keep things... We like to keep shit light, but at the same time, like, there's real things that we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that Brene Brown said was, like, you know, there's no avoiding uncomfortableness, and there's no, no algorithm for vulnerability, and we try to out-science it and out-engineer it and, you know, find an app for that or whatever. But... That's just part of it, and we're going to learn, and we're going to make mistakes, and I guarantee you I'll say something that's going to irritate people or rub someone the wrong way, uh, which does remind me I did say something last week that I wanted to apologize for. I said that I was okay with watching the whales die, like, or that I felt like I could handle that, you know? Because, like, when I was talking about mm-hmm. how I didn't want to work, or how I wanted to work in Africa and that being part of the reason why. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, I don't think that that's the right message to send. So, like, that feeling was valid, but that's not what I want to portray, and that's not the example that I want to lead. So I do apologize for making that comment. I don't, I think that if we are able to organize ourselves and unify and continue to apply pressure to our governments and in our own lives, that I think that we can make a change. These whales are very resilient, and we have a lot to learn from them. And one of those things being that, like, you know, in crisis, they don't turn on each other. They help each other. Like, even when they're starving, endangered, in the face of adversity, they're not turning on one another. And we're in the face of adversity. I mean, that's something that most people experience. But, you know, here we are in this whale community together, and it's really disheartening to hear that people turn on each other and that there's a lot of messed up things that go on behind the scenes. Messed up enough that Monica Shields has literally like a section of her book dedicated to the dark side of, of whale watching or of whale culture. And like, you know, I'm not shaming people that, that have done those things because we all make mistakes and we have to, to learn from them. But, you know, like I said, we have to learn from them. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's frustrating when you know. And she does comment on how people have tried to come in and to change that culture, and they've just been met with such adamant resistance. And that is unfortunate, and it is really frustrating. And I think sometimes we just need to take a look 
internally and figure out why it is that, you know, there's the, I, I think there's a lot of cultural pr- pressure to be on top or to be the smartest or be this or that or whatever. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about in her book, you know, the knowers or, and, and, you know, to, I guess, kind of define that is basically the people that are kind of know-it-alls and like feel the need to be right constantly you know, and how that can be destructive. And we need to go into things curiously. We need to go in and assume that that other people are doing the best that they can and remember that all brains function differently. So, like, you know, if Ellie and I are given the same task, we're probably going to execute it differently just because we're different people. We have different brains. We share the same passion. There's a lot of things that we share, but at the end of the day, we're different people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that if we try to go into... Um, combating these issues with an open heart and with, and that was that was from Dolly Parton that was the other perspective I wanted to share because we love Dolly Um, but I recently heard her say, uh, talking about leading with heart and you know, she was talking about how the true songs that stand the test of time are the ones that come like from your heart and as, as cheesy as it sounds Um, And I definitely understand why people don't want to do that because I think culturally we are taught um, that emotion is weakness, or at least that's what I was taught growing up as a German Catholic in the Midwest in a very conservative area. And um, I've noticed it's a little bit different out here. You guys are are a bit more open to emotion. Um, Oh, and that was another thing. Francis said that, you know, often we neglect the cultural side of conservation and you know that was one of the things that I want to address too and the whole purpose of this or the porpoise of this podcast is to try something different because I think that we've had the same narrative the same you know the whole time like the whales are cool the whales are dying let's save them and I think that maybe we can try to combat this by having a real conversation and addressing those things I'm not you know I'm not mad at the people who have cultivated this culture of competitiveness and you know, kind of screwing one another over because it's, I don't blame them because, you know, we're millennials. We grew up in a, in a different age. Like they're a product of their culture, like yeah. their environment. And like, you know, that's not to say they can't change. It's a muscle that we have to work, but we have to work together if we want the whales to survive at the end of the day. And like, you know, just because it's somebody else can do something good, doesn't, that doesn't take away from your greatness. And I think that that's another thing as well. And you know, I've just been thinking about it more and more, and you know, I want to find ways to bring people together. But there's my soapbox. Here it is. There you go. And I was really when we did do our first interview with Francis, I was so very impressed with just how geared she was towards like adaptive conservation, as opposed to like we've always done this this way, and we're going to keep doing this this way, even though it doesn't work as well as we'd like it to. But it's what we know. I mean, she's out there like trying to find new ways to like communicate to to boaters about be whale wise and and to try and you know create policy that that really works towards a modern a modern setting yes. I was really impressed with that yeah I and, agree and that's how we should be approaching things is be, you know things being aren't adaptive. working be, yeah things aren't working the way that they should be so let's try something new and it's not like just because something didn't work that's not like a negative mark on the person that tried to initiate oh, no. it like that's a call of of courage right there like that's you know, somebody trying something and it didn't work and you just have to be like, okay, it didn't work and move forward. And we know that now, you know, write it down, record it. Like, 
we get it, but it's time to move on. But when we just keep trying the same things and I like, you know, I think that's where I felt the need to kind of do this podcast is because I was like, it's different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have definitely kind of questioned myself on, at least with the porpoises, I'm like, oh, we're silly or whatever, but there's not, like, I don't see anything else out there like that. And like, this could be one of those things that like people could be like, oh, that's not whatever. And, and, and they don't like it and it fails to do whatever I want it to do. But that's all that means. Like, yeah. it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that I can't be a researcher or 900 other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about Keiko? Well, we will talk about Keiko. So, for those of you who don't know about Keiko, Keiko was an Icelandic orca who is um, captured and taken into captivity. Uh, he first went to, I think, the marine land in Ontario, and then he lived in Mexico City for a time. Um, but he was the star of Free Willy, which was like a big, big movie in the early 90s. And actually, uh, the producer, and I think the writer, mm-hmm. uh, he actually lives, li- or he used to live, I don't know if he still does, but he lives on Orcas Island. And he got the idea for the script because the Southern residents swam by his house. And he was like, oh my God, I love these animals. Like, mm-hmm. I want to make a movie about them. Yeah. Um, and actually, the Southern residents were depicted in this movie but anyways i'm getting off topic here um but yeah and then keiko was uh released after free willy was made because all these kids chipped in with all these letters and donations and they wanted him to be to be released or they wanted him to have a better a better home because i think at the time his home was like 65 feet long and like 22 feet deep like super super small and they were ultimately, so I think it was $7 million that the Oregon Coast Aquarium got. And I actually got to see him there when I was four years old. Yeah! I think I've mentioned that on here before. That's uh, why we did it, because that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's my buddy. Um, and yeah, and then, and then he got released to Iceland. Um, they were hoping that he would find his pod. He never did, unfortunately. Um, and then that's how he wound up in Norway, where he died in 2003 of pneumonia, is what they think. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Keiko. Yeah. Um, I do want to note that in Eric Hoyt's book, Orca, the Whale Called Killer, um, he was talking about um, how he met somebody... I think he met the director, and basically... Um, like he, the director asked a bunch of like a bunch of different sea worlds and marine parks, and none of them said yes until this this park said yes, and then like ultimately that's what ended up happening with this whale is it ended up getting freed, which I think is interesting. But um, Eric White tried to like talk to Sea World, I think, or the really? director did, and basically they were like you like well he tried to to write about Sea World in his book at first, and they like were like we're gonna sue you if you even <gasps> mention us. Yeah. Oh, so spicy. It's wild. It's wild. They're so touchy. You know what's crazy? What's up? Is like, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot, just like animals in captivity, and I feel like how we're so disconnected from wildlife sometimes. It's like, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted to work with animals because I went to the zoo mm-hmm. a lot. I volunteered at the zoo, I loved my zoo. You know, except I, I put my, my zoo on a pedestal. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then, like, I've gotten older, and I'm not, you know, saying bad things because history happens and whatever, right. but, like, I thought that that was how you worked with animals. Like, to me, that was normal because I didn't see other people. Like, I mean, you know, you see Steve Irwin and people like that on TV, but, like, I was like, oh, zoo, vet, 
like pet store or be Steve Irwin and then like <laughs> um yeah so it it's kind of weird I mean then I went to college and I was like oh wait a second we can go outside with the animals because <laughs> <Great. laughs> um, that's where they live um yes. but yeah but it's interesting because like I you know so many people normalize this idea of these animals being in captivity and it's just odd yeah. It's very odd. I I just yeah. am curious as to why someone was like, hmm, let me let me capture an animal, put it in a cage and charge money. Yeah. Odd. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and and it's funny too, I mean, I just finished reading Lost Frequency by Barry Swanson and you know, part of this book is based on this this kid whose father made something equivalent to SeaWorld. They call it One World. And he, his father, right before he died, like, put in his will that, like, they were going to dissolve this 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 whole system of aquariums yeah. and, like, make seaside sanctuaries, like what the Whale Sanctuary Project wants mm-hmm. to do. And somebody posted yesterday on, on Facebook, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, you know, SeaWorld has all this money and they're only going to lose value because people are waking up to the fact that whales don't belong in captivity. Right. Why don't they just put their money to better use and build those seaside sanctuaries? Because they have billions and billions of dollars. Right. Like, it just makes sense. I mean, it's... The whole SeaWorld thing is is interesting. And, like, you know, people would always ask me that when I was working at Clearwater Marine Aquarium, which... Clearwater Marine Aquarium, I think, has set the bar. They don't have the same amount of resources, so I think if they did, they would definitely be able to do better. But with what they have, they've done a great job. Uh, but a lot of people would ask me about SeaWorld, and, you know, I, I think my answer to that is, like, there's there's nothing that's all good or all bad. No. Um, and, you know, I like, I hesitate to... I Like, I don't want to... Like, it's not that I don't want to offend people in the sense of, like... Oh, I don't want to say something because it's like controversial, but I just don't want to say something that's going to shut people off to to having a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's all. So I'm just going to preface it with that. But like, you know, obviously there were mistakes made with SeaWorld, and I don't, I personally don't believe that whales are meant to be in captivity. Um, I don't. There's a lot of animals that aren't meant to be in captivity, and that's why I think Clearwater Marine Aquarium does a great job um, because they rehab, rescue, release, and the ones that can't be released, then those are the ones that stay, and those are the ones that are the ambassadors. Um, But that being said, SeaWorld is the only facility um, in the world, I believe, that was able to rehabilitate a gray whale. Really? Literally. Like... No, it's crazy. Yeah. So, like, that's why I say they're not all bad, and I, I, I think that, you know... They have since been called to to do better, to do better, just in general. Um, But I don't think that it's fair to completely villainize SeaWorld and and say that they're the worst ever because there is money that gets put into conservation through them and stuff. Um, So there's my two cents. Yeah, and like, and I think it would be an excellent PR move on their on their part. You know, let's take it that that much further. Like, we're committed to putting these animals away, and you know, there's nothing saying that you can't have like a viewing area in these seaside sanctuaries where you can still charge people to go look at these animals Mm -hmm. from a distance, from respectful distance, where they aren't being used for show, where they're just living out their normal natural lives. Right. I mean, there's there's, but it would be. It would be that much better. And, you know, 
I think there's a strength that comes to admitting your faults and admitting mm-hmm. to your mistakes and copying right. to them instead of denying, 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 and just the more you deny and the more you act like you are in the right when you're clearly not, it just, it does make you that villain yeah, in a way. Absolutely. And I, and I think that this ties back to Brene Brown and some of her messages of just like, you know, we need to be vulnerable. We, and all people make mistakes. I think that we put this pressure on ourselves to like be perfect. And it's like this idea of perfectionism that ultimately destroys us. But I think people just are like, Oh, I have to do it perfectly and I have to be a hundred percent right. And somehow in our culture, we have lost touch with the idea that mistakes are human and they happen and it's, it's okay. Like, you know, maybe the result isn't like abusing animals is not okay, but like, learn from your mistake you know and we're not I don't want to sit there and like point fingers and shame somebody until they're blue in the face because if they made a mistake if we're able to learn from it and move on our energy is much better spent as opposed to sitting there and just like being like you know just leaning into yeah like you know yeah and I so many people just don't want to be met with shame but that's that's what Brene Brown studies is shame um, so she, I definitely, I recommend reading the book. Um, but yeah, gang, gang, <laughs> gang, gang. So this was kind of serious. Yeah. Serial. I, I would also like to add that, you know, there are a lot of people who going back to Keiko, I, there are a lot of people who treat Keiko's release as a failure, uh-huh. but he lived out in the wild by himself for, for five years and was perfectly happy was feeding himself. Ultimately, he was not the best candidate for release. The only reason he got released was because, you know, all these kids poured all this money into into letting him, into pushing him out the door, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had a lot of health issues, and he was ultimately not going to live very long, no matter what. Um, but he did so very well. And I think we ought to look at the things that they did accomplish with that. And I think that that's a good point that you bring up too. And it kind of ties back to the beginning of what we're talking about, where we need to unify. If there's a bunch of kids that can unify it, it's not easy to get a marine mammal released, let alone a, like a killer whale, like of all animals, because they're like, it's such a finite resource essentially. But, um, you know, if those kids are able to band together and, and do, anything like to get this freaking whale release like we can do we can do better like yeah. we can save the species is it messy is it hard is it gonna take a while absolutely well maybe we won't even see the benefits within our lifetime i would like to hope that we do yeah. but like you never know but it's worth it's worth putting the effort in and trying I agree i think so but yeah so we need to to figure it out but if those kids can do it we can mm-hmm. do it Sidebar. Sidebar. So Keiko got transported from Oregon to Iceland in a C-17, which is a plane that my dad used to fly. What? It's like the second largest uh, airplane in the United States, like, Air Force. That's nice. Yeah. Um, My grandpa used to fly planes, and a relative of mine was in the plane behind him, because sometimes he would, I guess, just take them on planes. He was in the Air Force. Oh, really? And they... They leaned out the window to vomit, and they pumped <laughs> it forward, and so it hit them in the face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There it is. Oh, there it is. Jesus Christ. She's a crust. Nine one whale. No. I'm calling the popo, the porpoise. Come bite you. What? What? Are, what's that word you use for the campus police at Eckerd? Campo. Campo, okay. That, that's what I thought it was. Campo. It's just, yeah. funny. It's a funny word to me. I, I hope my campo are doing good, actually. <laughs> Do you guys miss me? I miss you. 
<laughs> did they know you? Did they, did they know you? Oh, oh my what god! <laughs> what do you mean? Of course they did, <laughs> because it's a small campus. Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> we all had our favorite officers that we would talk to. Actually, there was this this one really like he's like this really buff like macho dude. He's bald. His name is Vince. Obsessed with peaches. Obsessed. Like, would Pitch. literally, like, beeline across campus in his golf cart to, like, like, see saw her. her. Like, oh, my God. Hey, peaches. Yeah. Hi, peachy. What are you doing? She's being extra cute. She's being suspicious. What do you mean? She's being suspicious. <laughs> look at her face. What? What? Are you okay? Are you a crust de croissant? A toasted marshmallow? Toasted marshmallow? Crust de croissant? Crust de croissant pêche. Um, okay. Yeah, do you have anything else to add? I really don't. Do you have any whale jokes or anything? Whale? No. Damn it. Is my name Andrew? No. 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 You know, since he's left, my puns have gotten out of control. Cashy, what are you doing? Are you okay? You look uncomfortable. She looks quite uncomfortable. She always looks uncomfortable. Can you imagine being 15 pounds and thinking you're 50 or whatever kind of dog she wishes she was? Could you imagine? Is that a thing that you think that dogs have? Like, where they, like, where <laughs> they feel like they're in the wrong body. Like, <laughs> why are you looking Have at Have you me? met her? <laughs> when, okay. Let's, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just curious. Jeepers. That sucks. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, you wake up every day, you're small. That sucks. You can't do anything Gosh. about that. You're just small. Oh, Look at your little face. Um, Yeah. Oh, also, just, um, I, I feel like we've talked about this before, but just in case we haven't, it turns out that Ellie does know more than two songs, um, because I thought that she only knew Row, Row, Row Your Boat and Blink-182, <laughs> but last Wait, day, I don't know Blink-182, <laughs> okay, so she's singing that song, what, what, how does it go? Sing your, sing your version of it. Are you kidding me? No! Are you serious? <laughs> So it's the it's it's us it's that that really famous song it's by the Killers. Fucking the bright side by the Killers. Bright side by the Killers, and she's outside, and she's like, she's singing like oh, her yeah, marine biology okay. version, yeah. yeah and she's like, it's Blink One Eighty Two, and I'm like, no, it's frigging not. It's fucking Killers. <laughs> listen, we had just listen. Oh my God, there were reasons why my brain was not working. Oh yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, but that being said, Ellie knows a couple songs. She sang karaoke. She was actually really good. It was my first karaoke ever. Really? Mm-hmm. That was my... I think my... Se- okay. The rabbit just, like, fell off of its cage. That's nice. I've, I've sang karaoke, like, twice. Well, that first time I didn't get to sing, so it was a count. Because <laughs> you smashed a TV I do. I did that one time. I fell off the stage, okay? It was an accident. <laughs> I break one television. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh, All right. Goodness. I guess that's on the internet now. <laughs> Jeez, my God. <laughs> Eckerd was a time for you. That wasn't even at Eckerd. What? Again, that's marine biologist for you. Where was that? That was in Sarasota. But I was doing the, I was doing an internship in Sarasota, and I was with my other marine biologist interns. 
Were they all from Eckerd or? No. Oh, no. Like, there was one from the University of Wisconsin, one that went to Oregon State, um, one that went to Florida State. There was, there was a bunch. Some girl from Texas, a girl from Germany, a girl from Malawi. Mmm. Spicy. Spicy Pisces. Okay. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> Great. Do you have any final thoughts, Ellie? Uh, you have a final thought. Not. Do you know what a thought is? <laughs> Do you, can you even spell thought? No. No. Yes. I mean, like the slang word thought. Oh, to the last spot. Graham on the gram. Oh, Graham on the gram. Uh-huh. What you got? I got uh, one for you too. Brendan Bissonette. He is a marine naturalist for Eagle Wing Tours. Um, he's got some killer, killer, killer pictures, killer whale pictures. I can't find it. Um, yeah, he's got, oh, he's got this amazing picture of a breaching humpback right in front of Mount Baker. Look at that. Look at that churn. He's just a very talented photographer. I appreciate it a lot. Okay, and then here's the other one, which I was going to pronounce... Basic textiles because dyslexia moment. Um, Basic textiles. It's not, that's not what it says. Oh, it's too cute. Basilic textile. Listen, do you want to hear about the ultimate dyslexia moment of the week? So, did you tell me about that? I one? think I did, but I'm going to tell them now. <laughs> you know, I remember what it was. So, my Ooh. dyslexic ass decided to read a post that was posted on the Orcas Island Rant and Rave page, and someone was asking about a loud noise and if, if they're. What I read is resident orcas could hear it. What she said was orca residents, because I think that she was, like, from San Juan or something like that. And so then I just made a comment on a spiel about, like, whale hearing, and then, they, like, someone comments, and they were like, no, I think she was talking about the residents of orcas, like, the humans, not the whales. And I was like, cool. Awesome. I can read. Sweet. That's funny. Yay, dyslexia this for the win. This is cute. Look at these paintings. I know, right? Isn't she adorable? She, I love it. Isn't so that's, that's Basilic, B-A-S-I. L I C underscore textiles. Yes. She's got some bomb ass paintings. Isn't she on here. cute? Look They're at her. So cute. Look at her go. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. There's one with killer whales swimming around. Yeah. There's a hammerhead shark. There was an octopus. They're so cute. Oh, and harbor seals, of course. Gang gang. My buddy. That's Ellie. Like, if Ellie was an animal, she'd be a harbor seal. Pretty much. That, is that a skate in this? I that is a skate. Do we have those here? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, we are approaching 40 minutes, so... Oh, oh boy. That's because you had to get on your soapbox. Okay. (laughs) Listen, at least I use soap on, like, some people patchouli bong water over there. Listen, listen. (laughs) Just because Andrew said it doesn't mean you have to keep perpetuating this. It's not my fault that that's how you bathe. I took a bath this morning. Smell me! (laughs) Okay, you smell good today. I'm proud. Proud of I you. I always smell good. Do you have any final thoughts? Nine one whales. Emergency. Emergency. Get it? Cause the ocean, the sea. Get it? Get it? <laughs> po po. Porpoise. Come back. I can't stand this. <laughs> You're done with I'm me. Fucking. Done. I'm leaving you in a way. Ah, don't say that. Okay. Goodbye.